You're listening to Pros Like Us, brought to you by NFL Draft Blitz. And now, without any further ado, here's Alex and Lou. That's right, gang. We are back and better than last week. We hope we are hurtling into week 15, week 15 of the regular season. Can't believe it's it's already here. But here we go. Coming off a bye week for some teams, six teams were off. I think it was a fantasy killer for the end of season with the added game for, for a lot of leagues. So anyway, I, I know it, w- it was kind of uh, kind of a tough one for for my team, but that's neither here nor there. A lot of big stories. Uh, some of the stories are still ones that we talked about last week. I mean, Brock Purdy getting it done a- again. The Lions coming through yet again at home, and they're right there in the playoff chase. So we'll talk about that. Kyler Murray injury, uh, Steve Kime stepping away. Hurts, is he the MVP? Justin Jefferson, you know, I mean, he's is he locked down offensive player of the year? So a bunch of stuff to talk about, uh, playoff picture. But Alex, what do you think? The Lions did it. Um, we're talking a little bit off air about them, but, uh, I don't know when you watch them play, what do you see? I'm seeing a team that has improved defensively over the past month of the season. So they're still susceptible to the pass. They're still susceptible in the back half, but at least they're getting it done in the trenches. And we've talked about this off air. I'm really impressed by their offensive line. They've invested there. They've drafted some guys really high, and they're protecting Jared Goff. And if you give Goff time, he's going to be successful. And offensively, they're putting up a ton of points. And the fact that they were able to beat the Minnesota Vikings, who are leading that division. I'm not saying they have arrived, but they're there, Lou. I mean, they're going to be chasing this final playoff spot. Again, I've said this over and over again. I don't think it's going to happen, but I do think that they're exciting to watch. You and I have been on their bandwagon since the offseason, since you've watched the the Hard Knock season, you know, Dan Campbell being the the fan favorite, you know, speaking his mind and and just being a player's coach. And I love this team. And even though they haven't arrived this season and they need to draft a little bit better players to continue to build up that roster, I think next year I'm going to be pulling for them to to win this division completely. Well, they're going to have some decisions to make, right? I mean, they got the Rams pick, which looks like is going to be in the top five. You know, depending on how they feel about those quarterbacks, you know, do they do they go in that direction or has Jared Goff shown them enough to say, hey, I'm your guy. You don't have to look for a quarterback. You can spend that top five pick on Will Anderson, right, or Jalen Carter if he's there. So, but yeah, I mean, as far as the playoffs this year, you got Washington and the Giants. I mean, the Giants have just kind of you know, come back down to earth. Uh, They play each other this week. So that might even be an elimination game. You got Seattle. That's kind of reeling. They play San Francisco tonight. And so if Seattle loses that game, now all of a sudden, if Detroit wins and they're seven and seven, they're right there. Everything's in front of them. You know, even if they lose this game, I think again, those teams ahead of them are playing great. And I'm specifically the Giants right now. I just don't see them really finishing strong and turning things back around. I think uh, Dable has gotten them as far as he can get them with this current roster. And, uh, you know, the quarterback as it is, Lions just, they're, they're very entertaining. Uh, a lot of these wins are coming at home. That's the one concern I have for them. That is also my concern because the last three out of the four games, they, they play them on the road. They've been a lot better at home. They've been a lot better in the division. That's going to be the biggest problem because this team has not been strong playing on the road this season. No, not at all. I mean, last time they went east, you know, they went to New England and got shut out. Uh, I mean, it wasn't horrible weather, but it was, you know, I mean, I, I think Jared Goff, he is he is a West Coast dude. And when they play indoors, he is lights out. When they go outside, they're going to the Meadowlands. Well, what used to be the Meadowlands are going to MetLife, I believe, to play the Jets. Uh, it might be a different story. So. Uh, let's continue running down the, the NFC playoff picture. We've got Philadelphia, obviously, number one seed. I don't think that's going to change uh, moving forward. Uh, Minnesota, 
obviously coming off a loss at Detroit. They're sitting at 10 and three, San Francisco nine and four. And of course, everybody's favorite division, the NFC South, the Bucks are sitting at six and seven, but look out, Sam Darnold is two and zero starting this year for the Panthers. Is Steve Wilkes reviving his career? Can we legitimately see perhaps because I think if the Panthers win this week and the Bengals beat Tampa Bay, Hey, Carolina is going to be right there in first place. This could still happen for you, Alex. Yeah, I'm I'm counting on this. I mean, obviously, I didn't think it was going to happen. Um, a couple of you're counting on it. Okay. I am. I am. <laughs> a, a couple of weeks ago, it, it looked like it was just a lost cause. But right now, I'm looking at the schedule, and they're playing against the Steelers at home this week. And then they've got the Lions next week at home. And they finished the season with the Bucks and the Saints on the road. So it's going to be decided during those, those final two weeks. And yeah, if Steve Wilkes continues to go like this and continues to win, he deserves this job. You don't need to, you know, shell out a lot of money for another, you know, Matt Rule type of guy, head coach. This, maybe you got the guy in the building who never got a fair shake with the Arizona Cardinals when he was fired after like one season. All right. And he had like Josh Rosen and a terrible roster that he inherited. And he still went, I think, 500 that season. And the Cardinals decided to to get rid of him and pull the back. It's going to be a, it's going to be great. I mean, if Sam Darnold and Steve Wilkes can somehow persevere and get the Panthers into the playoffs, because the Bucks didn't look great against the 49ers. I mean, they've got injuries. They have problems on the offensive line. The defense looked like a mess, and just nothing went right for the Bucks against the 49ers. I mean, they committed a lot of penalties, and I just, yeah, this, this would be a dream come true, like a, a team just coming out of nowhere that everyone has forgotten. And the fact that they're starting, again, Sam Darnold, who was like the number three quarterback four or five weeks ago, I mean, that's, uh, it's something. I mean, it's almost like a, it's almost like last week we talked about Hollywood Baker, right? And him having that, that game on Thursday night against the Raiders with that last drive. Now it's Sam Darnold coming to be. I mean, it's just, I never expected these two guys to recover and kind of revive their careers a bit. And we'll throw Brock Purdy into the, and we'll have like a three, a three man buddy movie. Uh, Brock. Brock, Sam, and uh, and Baker. That that would be something there. Uh, yeah. So I mean, the, obviously that the, the, that division is wide open. And on top of all the the problems that the Bucks have, it certainly looks like Brady. He hasn't checked out, and he'll never check out. But you could just tell. I mean, he's just completely done with this situation. If he plays next year, I would be shocked. Shocked. If he plays in Tampa now where that, you know, we can do a whole show on that. But uh, but anyway, yeah, it's not looking good for the Bucks, but somebody has to win that division. So why not the, the, the fighting Sam Darnold's? Let's do it. Come on, Steve Wilkes. But and then, you know, who knows? Sean Payton enters the chat and this all goes you know by the wayside. But, yeah, you got to give it to, to Steve Wilkes, guy that kind of got the shaft in Arizona after one season. And uh, and here we are. So the wild cards, I, I talked about the commanders and the giants, and then you've got Dallas sitting there that is, was, looks like they're playing much better football. And then they throw that kind of clunker in against the Texans. And, you know, if they're playing again, it's hard to say if they're playing a better team, if the Texans make another play, they probably win that game, but Dallas give them credit back when they needed them got them down the field and they scored so i don't know if that's a cause for concern uh if you look at the glass half full and say oh well you know when they needed it he got it done so okay great but looming is that game against philadelphia i believe uh it's either it's either new year's or not new year's but christmas eve or christmas day one or the other prime time it's probably christmas night 
I don't think we're gonna, they're going to be playing games on Christmas Eve. I have to look at the schedule. But anyway, that is a huge, huge game, obviously, for seeding purposes, for division purposes. Now, Philadelphia's only lost one game. Dallas has lost three. So it all might be moot. But the bottom line is these two teams – Huge rivalry. That is a key for Jerry Jones and the Cowboys to win that game and to kind of prove to themselves and the rest of the league that they've actually, they are this good. They are going to be a force to be reckoned with in the NFC playoffs. But again, I think on both sides, they're, they're very top heavy, the playoffs. There's a handful of teams that I see going to the Super Bowl. And I don't know. Do you see somebody just coming from the pack that we don't, we don't see coming right now. Well, if we're talking about the NFC, I think the the buck stops here. I do think that right now it's the Eagles, the 49ers, and the Cowboys. To me, those are the three best teams based on what I've seen over like the last month of the season. I know you're you have your doubts about the Cowboys. You always do. You know, playing the worst team in football, which the Texans are, you can expect a bit of a letdown sometimes yeah. because, you know, guys weren't as motivated, especially after they had that fantastic fourth quarter against the Colts and they put like 54 points on them. So I think you could expect a little bit of a letdown. I think against the Jaguars, the Cowboys will make a comeback this week. I think they'll show that they can get it done against a very talented quarterback like Trevor Lawrence. I actually like the Cowboys. I I actually like them more than the Eagles. I know that sounds crazy, but I do. I just think that the Cowboys are more of a a complete team, in my opinion, than the Eagles. And that's probably disrespecting Philadelphia because they only have one loss. Jalen Hurts has been fantastic. They're first in that conference and probably will stay there as number one. But I do think the Cowboys can make a statement on Christmas Eve against the Eagles, and I think they will. I mean, that's the one. They really have to win that game to make, I guess, people like me or people that, you know, look at the Cowboys all the time and say, okay, great, let's see what you do in a big game. And they always seem to fall flat. They may be locked out of that division, the division win because Philadelphia has the two game lead on them. But again, silence the critics. And again, they don't have to do that. But just to convince themselves that coming back around, if they play him again, they know they can beat them. So, okay, now this is the Dallas Cowboys that we've been looking for. I think they have to convince you and they have to convince Stephen A. Yes. I think those are the two biggest <laughs> those are the two biggest enemies I'm, that the Cowboys have. For putting in with Stephen A, but I think there's maybe some other more significant people out there, but yeah. No problem, yeah, Lou. I'll I'll sneak you I'll sneak you in there with Stephen A. <laughs> Don't worry about it. Uh, I'll do my best with that. But I think those are the the two biggest opponents yeah, when it comes I mean, to those, the Cowboys. Those but I agree with doubters. you. Those are the three those are the three teams and I don't believe any of these other teams, as great a story as we've seen from some, don't have the horses to really get it done. And, and the AFC, I would say, Buffalo, Kansas City, Cincinnati. And I don't see anybody else really having a shot. You know, I mean, you can talk about Baltimore, but not without Lamar. I don't see, you know, the, Miami's been a great story, but, you know, we'll talk about this in the pick segment, you know, wink, wink. And but they haven't shown the great running game that we kind of expected from McDaniel. Now, again, it's his first year, so we'll, he has he has time to kind of develop that and maybe, you know, make some tweaks to the offensive line. But, you know, especially at this time of year, you would expect let's lean on kind of that San Francisco style instead of, OK, we're going to go up to Buffalo and chuck it around the field and, and see what happens. Um, I'm going to say one team, one team that really, one team. Don't say it. Don't say it. No, I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it. There's one. forced me not to pick them last week. Yeah, and they did win. They did win against the (laughs) Dolphins. So you know where I'm going with this. Look, it has to be the Chargers. I mean, it has to be. The teams teams that they've lost against, Lou, I mean, they lost against the Chiefs a couple of times. They They lost against the 49ers, and they've beaten teams that they had to beat. I think they have the Titans this week. And Tennessee is, is yeah. certainly going to be motivated. Yep. And that's going to be a huge game to see if the Chargers have learned something, if they can put 
a bit of a winning streak together because beating the Dolphins is one thing, but can they beat another playoff team like the Titans? But I think that's a Jekyll and Hyde team. If they can string together like three wins, and they can, they've got the Titans, the Colts, and the Rams. If they string together those three wins, that's the team I wouldn't want to play. Okay? So I think the Chargers, I mean, they could... They're getting yeah, healthier. It's, it's not a question of talent. We all we all believe, and and everybody that always picks them and they they kind of disappoint. It's not that they have less talent or they don't. I don't know. It's like this intangible quality. Something just like jumps up, and they just make dumb decisions at their at the worst time. But. Like you said, the other night against Miami, he's like, oh, this is a different team. They play, They were missing six starters on defense, and outside of one play over the top to Tyreek, they shut them down. Would it shock me that they get in the playoffs? No. But the only thing, that, the only concerning thing is that, and again, it's just past ghosts keep coming back. And for one reason or another, they lay, lay an egg in places where you say, what are they doing? They're better than this. Health is a big thing. I mean, no Derwin James, no no Bosa. I mean, that's you know that that's going to be a tough deal if they don't have those guys full strength. But I think if they, we'll see who they get if they get into the playoffs and who they're going to be matched up against. But I like the fact that Mike Williams has gotten healthy. Um, Keenan Allen is back. You said that they have those defensive starters out, but they'll get a couple, a few of those guys back. They have you know the head coach that is willing to take chances and go for those, you know, fourth downs and stuff like that. Kind of live and die by, you know, the the statistics, the analytics and stuff like that. He's willing to take it. And you, sometimes being aggressive pays off, especially in those yeah. big games. So that's And why to I, his credit, to his credit, he hasn't he hasn't been as reckless with those as he was the the pre at least last year where it seemed like there were some really questionable ones. He's been a little bit more judicious with it this I year. Just, I just think if they can avoid, the, and they probably will, the Buffalo Bills and the Chiefs in the first round, and if they face off against somebody like the Bengals, even on the road, Justin Herbert and that bunch, they have a chance to upset you know, a team that went to the Super Bowl last year out of the AFC, or say Tennessee or, or something like that. I mean... I wouldn't want them to play the Bills or the Chiefs, and I don't think they will because those two teams will have buys. I mean, I expect them to have, you know, a buy. Well, only well, only one of them will because that's it. I mean, that's oh, that's right. Only that's one, right. only one team will have the buy. So if they, so if they're in that seventh slot, then this might be the third time they play the Chiefs in the year. And again, I mean that that's always a crapshoot. That games are always close. Yeah, they would have to go to Kansas City, but. And again, that's if they have the seven spot. I mean, hell, if they do what you say did, and that's the whole thing is that when they have to win games, sometimes that kind of jumps up and bites them and bites them in the ass. But you've got, you know, New England is they're not scaring anybody. You know, the Dolphins, you know, hey, if they lose to Buffalo now, all of a sudden they're sitting at eight and six and the Chargers win this week and they got a bunch of eight and six teams. New England, you know, I don't know. Uh, I mean, the, the Jets, you know, we'll see. But, yeah, I, mean, I think they have as good a shot. Now, to win the Super Bowl, no, I'm not going to. Again, they will have a, a puncher's chance. But coming from that position, meaning, you know, one of the, the lower uh, lower wildcard spots, it might be tough if you have to do the complete the plead gambit on the road. That would be that's a tough one. So if we're talking about the AFC, we've got the Bills, the Chiefs, most likely the Bengals, and the Ravens will have to get in as as a fourth team. The Tennessee Titans will win their division. So that's five teams. If we're talking about like the Chargers can string a few wins together and make it into the playoffs, who do you think is the other team? Do you think it's the Dolphins or or New England? Who who are you rolling? I with? mean, it's just, it's just so ugly. I mean, really, at the, at the bottom here, there's so many. There's more questions than there are answers. I'm going to stick with the Jets being one of those teams. That defense is better than any of the the teams that they're going against. Like at the at the bottom of the of the wild card area, they have the best defense. I don't think there's any question about that. So what it's going to come down to is, 
can Mike White kind of get them across the finish line? But they've just elevated Zach Wilson back to the number two quarterback. And uh, Mike White's a little beat up after that Bills game. He took some shots, man. I mean, that that dude, for him to keep coming back, I thought that was insane. But, you know, credit to him, I guess, uh, for being that tough. He kept coming back in the game. Uh, I saw Herbert take those types of shots against the Chiefs, and he wasn't right for like five or six weeks, even though he kept playing. So that's that's my only question mark there with the Jets. Um, the Chargers, yeah, I mean, that, that would be my pick. I picked them to make the playoffs at the beginning of the year uh, as a wild card. And... Yeah, I mean, if they just play to their potential, I think it's easy for them to get in over these other teams. But I don't, I just don't see the Patriots, the Chargers, and the Jets. I'm going to go with the Dolphins, Lou. I look at their final two weeks of the season, and they play at the Patriots, and they play against the Jets to, to end the season at home. Um, obviously, Tua in the cold in Foxborough against Bill Belichick doesn't look good. But I just think that the Dolphins have done enough up to this point. They will get in ahead of the Patriots and the Jets. But I'm also rolling with the Chargers just because, you know, I already mentioned that I believe that they're the best team that could make a run in the playoffs and actually, you know, get in there in the AFC Championship game or maybe even make the Super Bowl. I'm not saying they're going to win it, but I just think they can string together a, a few of those wins when it matters the most. Yeah, and I guess just the the big thing uh, for me is now that the char- Chargers do have the the tiebreaker, if you would, against uh, the Dolphins. Um, so I think that they've got a more than legitimate shot of, of being one of those wild cards. And I don't know what it is about the Dolphins. I don't know. I mean, they, they racked up some some big numbers. They made some big plays in a I guess a smaller portion of game, games or. Uh, it, it it hasn't been as uh, consistent. It's been more of like a you know boom or bust, and that's always a recipe for disaster when you, you know down the stretch or you're trying to make the playoffs. Like they play this weekend in Buffalo, the weather's supposed to be really crappy up here. I'm just not feeling the deep passing game. So now I guess the question becomes, and I mentioned it earlier, they really haven't shown that kind of you know, San Francisco type running game. And again, it's only been a short, it's only been one, you know, one off season and the season itself. And I'm sure McDaniel would like to make some tweaks to his offensive line. He's got the running backs, but Jeff Wilson now is injured. So Raheem Mostert. So he's got a couple of San Francisco backs, but I don't know that he has the same type of offensive line. So uh, I don't know. I think just because the Jets defense I think those are the two teams. I think maybe Miami, New England fall out, Chargers and, and Jets go in, uh, and then you know Cincinnati win the division, Baltimore one or the other, and then Tennessee is basically running unopposed. Except for the fact, if all of a sudden the Chargers beat them this week and they're 7-7, seven and seven, and somehow Jacksonville wins at home against Dallas, they're at 6-8, and eight. now it's a race. So, yeah, it could could get interesting or, you know, Jacksonville could lose, Tennessee could win, and then that's it. Game over and then it's Tennessee. But, uh, yeah, I think it's going gonna, it's gonna to be nuts here for the wild card spots. But just to the original point, I still don't see anybody but Buffalo, Kansas City, Cincinnati. The Chargers, like you said, I guess would be that, that team that makes a run. But I just don't see them stringing together three straight road games and they against really, really good teams and winning. How about the NFC, Lou? So we've got the Just Eagle. those three, the, the ones that you mentioned. I don't think it's even close. I don't think the Vikings are, are very good. Now, again, I picked them to make the playoffs. I didn't know that they were going to win the division. But, again, I thought they would win a lot more of these one-score games <laughs> because last year they lost a bunch of them. But 9-0 and in one-score games, I mean, eventually it catches up to you. So uh, just something about them. It's probably more so on the defensive side of the ball. But even though offensively they haven't really poured it on like I, I really expected them to. You know, Dalvin Cook I thought would be a much bigger factor. But again, that's probably more a function of their offensive line. How about those two final spots in the NFC? Are you a believer in the Lions and Washington? instead of like the the Giants and the Seahawks? 
I don't see the Giants. I think maybe Washington hangs because they're just tough and just more resilient and uh, they can make some plays down the field with Dotson and McLaurin and Heineke can make enough plays to win. He's just proven that he's just a gamer. He, his stats are never going to be be pretty, but you know he can get it done. So I will take him over Daniel Jones. And then it, it might be one of those two teams, either either the Lions or the Seahawks. The Seahawks have kind of regressed a little bit. Uh, Geno's lost a little bit of the running game, so now it, it's a little bit more of a struggle uh, offensively. Let's see how they do against San Francisco tonight as we record on Thursday. Day. Um, and, you know, I don't know. I mean, the, the Packers, everybody just keeps saying, oh, you know, Aaron's going to get it going and whatever. They're five and eight. I mean, I, I think it would uh, obviously they'd have to win all four and then they probably need some help. But I don't see that happening. It, it's going to be tough for Seattle just because they have the 49ers tonight and then they play at the Chiefs in Kansas City. I mean, that's right. going to be a tough game, like back to back. And those teams are like the favorites in, in their respective right. conferences. So I just think the fact that the Seahawks have regressed a bit and have lost, what, three out of the last four? I mean, that's a lot. And it seems like Geno Smith is is coming back down to earth a little bit. So I just, yeah, it, it's really tough for me to, to roll with the Seahawks right now. But somebody comes out of the NFC East, there's going to be a third team whether it's Washington or the Giants. And then the Lions do have a legitimate shot. I just I just think it's a little too late. Like, you know, a pro- it's a little too late. It could be a process of elimination, though. Now, they could sneak, you know, hell, I mean, maybe they, they sneak in at 8-9. and nine. Yeah, I mean, I said that a couple of weeks ago, but it's really going to be tough. I mean, it really is going to be the tough. Gi- I just think yeah, they- the, Giants, the Giants are going to have to lose, like, basically the rest of their games. Absolutely. And I, I don't think that's happening. I mean, even though Saquon Barkley has been playing worse and he's coming off, you know, he's banged up and has an injury and Daniel Jones isn't going to carry anyone. But I just think that that still the, the Lions dug themselves into a hole in the first couple of months of the season. Now they're making this run. I don't think they have it in them. I'm pulling for them. I keep saying this every week. I'm pulling for them. And I brought up their name like three weeks ago, and we laughed about it. What if the Lions can make a a playoff run? And they are, but I just think it's a little too late. All right. Yeah, we talked a little bit about Sam doing his thing. 2-0 as a starter now for for Carolina. They've got, or they're at home against Pittsburgh, and they're a little bit of a favorite. And the Steelers, Kenny Pickett, I don't don't know that he's out of the concussion protocol yet, so you might see Mitch Trubisky, Sam Darnold. I don't know, man. This might be another one for for the Panthers. And uh, Tampa Bay sitting there going to – or Tampa Bay is at home against the Bengals. The Bengals are favored in that one. And – God, that's just that's just a tough game. I mean, usually I look at it. It's like an automatic, you know, Tampa Bay. They're at home. Obviously, they're getting points. But uh, I don't know. You look at Cincinnati against the spread with Joe Burrow as a starter and the numbers are just staggering. I mean, just ridiculous, like 18 of his last 21. I mean, it's just sick and it's almost like it sneaks up on you. But it's it's freaking Joe Burrow. So that's uh, that's going to be a weird game. But a couple of news stories. I mean, obviously, Kyler Murray gets hurt, non-contact. It's like the third play of the game. I mean, just no matter what you think about Kyler and his situation, that was just terrible to watch. Um, You know, you you don't like want to see stars go out of the game. You know, injuries are going to happen. But these non-contact ones and, you know, the... It, it always comes up and you don't know how valid it is, but there's all the whispers around the league that that turf in Arizona is not good. Now, I don't I thought they were one of the teams that were growing grass and they wheel it in. I know the the Raiders do that in Vegas. I think Arizona does that. But, you know, so unless it's field turf and again, I probably should have researched this a little bit better, but. My point is, is that, you know, more and more players are coming out talking, you know, against the uh, field turf and so forth. A lot of this came up during the European games because, you know, the EPL, some of the other European leagues, I mean, somehow they're able to grow grass during the winter. And so, hey, we spend a little money 
you know, it's going to be a better product on the field and much safer for the players. The league's all about player safety, yada, yada, yada. But okay, what does this mean? This late in the season for him to have an ACL tear, we may not see him until this time next year. What are they going to do? I I don't know how it's going to progress, but we might not even see him next season at all. Just because, I mean, I realize that the recoveries take they're a little bit faster nowadays, you know, with the modern technology and players are able to recover faster. But, I mean, would you risk bringing Kyler Murray back in November or December of next season if the Cardinals have another losing season? I mean, if they're like 3-8 and eight or something like that? I mean, would you risk bringing him along to try to, you know, put a winning product out there? I wouldn't, and it's just... On it the, looks like, yeah, I mean, on the short side, you're looking at nine months. You know, that's if everything goes perfectly. Maybe he's ready to go at the beginning of the season and they kind of ease him in as they go. That's best case scenario. Yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens. But I, I just think Cliff Kingsbury is probably not going to survive this. I mean, Steve Keim is out as the GM. He's been there for a long, long time. It seems like changes are in store in Arizona, and we all know that how it go- how it goes. I mean, the Cardinals had an ambitious plan. I mean, obviously, they looked like a hot team, maybe a team that could challenge for a playoff spot. They, they gave Kyler Murray a huge contract, and it didn't work out for them. They took a step f- uh, backwards this season. I just think the head coach is also going to be gone. I can't see Cliff Kingsbury surviving this season, especially with whispers that him and Kyler Murray have a really strained relationship, if you do believe that or not. But I just think the quarterback will survive. The head coach won't. So there's a lot of turmoil in Arizona just in general. Uh, Yeah, I mean, obviously the player always stays. They just sign him to that huge contract, Uh, I guess, to your point. No, you're not going to risk it if they're not doing very well. I guess my point is this is who do they bring in? I mean, are they comfortable sticking with Colt McCoy as the starter for, say, the first half of next season? Uh, do they bring somebody else in? You know, how do you do that? You know, another rental. You know, is Baker Mayfield going to, you know, going to be available? You know, if if anybody. You know, I'm just throwing that name out there. Not the, you know, I, I think that's the way they should go. But you know, there's there's going to be a handful of guys out there. Um, Steve Kime steps away for health reasons. You know, he had the DUI earlier in the year. You know, so I don't. And again, just the way things have gone is probably contributing to to his uh, to all those things, the DUI and his health problems, because he's just uh, he's so he's so vested in this. And then he's already gotten like a second and third chance based on some of these decisions that he's made in the draft and coaching. So, yeah, it's just a messy deal. And it's not one of the richer franchises either. Um you know, the Bidwill family, I think this kind of is the family business. So, you know, do they really I mean, they just extended both of these guys, which was an even bigger upset, the coach and the, the GM. So they're going to be paying them no matter what. Do they want to go into their pockets even deeper to pay other guys and big bonuses and so forth? So this is just this is weird. And obviously this doesn't help. And it's just one more thing to make it a a dysfunctional franchise. And you you hate to see it. But, uh, yeah, I would not want to be in any of their shoes for for this offseason. Hurts for MVP. You think it's his to lose. Um, I think he's definitely shown enough. He's he's quarterbacking the best team in the league, best record. Uh, yeah, they run it, they pass it. I mean, they, they can win anyway. I mean, it just, I mean, it really, he really has the feel of somebody that's kind of stepped up and the other guys, eh, Josh Allen is kind of, I mean, he was like, you know, Superman. And then, you know, he's had some, again, for his standard of play, some off games. I mean, for most guys, you take it in a heartbeat, but again, these guys that have kind of, you know, they do the supernatural like a Patrick Mahomes where everything is normalized. No matter how well he plays, he has to play so much better than maybe the guy that you don't ex- expect to win the MVP that it's always we're looking for the, the new thing or the one that comes from nowhere. 
And I think Jalen Hurts is that guy this year. So I, I, I'm thinking that it's probably his to lose. Yeah, not going with Patrick Mahomes there. I mean, it's oh, I think Pat, I think Patrick's the MVP, no doubt. But that's my point is that you know you're just gonna it's only like like Jordan. I mean, he could have been he could have should have been the MVP just about every, every year, right? Or LeBron. But it almost counts against them because, oh, now this guy had a great year. Well, you know, LeBron, he's already won it like three times, you know, or, yeah, he had a good year. But the, but his good year would be a career year for most people. But, you know, it's like, hey, let's let's vote for this guy. So I think there's kind of they're almost going against their own standard where some other guys are just looking. Oh, here's wow. That was unexpected. And it's. Hey, he's he's the guy. So yeah, I w- I would still vote for Patrick, but I think Hertz is going to win it. I do think Hertz deserves it. I mean, he is on the best team uh, right now, a team that only has one loss. He has improved immensely as a passer this season. What does he have? Like twenty-two touchdowns to only three interceptions. He gives you those numbers on the ground. He's completed like nearly. 70% of his passes. I guess at this point, I would go with him. But the thing is, I think Patrick Mahomes will get even hotter down the, the stretch. I think Joe Burrow will also deserves to be in this conversation because yep. his team is winning. And I'll throw his name out there because I think he deserves to be in there and in the top three, even ahead of like a guy like Josh Allen, in my opinion. He's playing some of his best football right now. And if Burrow continues at this pace, with especially with a couple of key wide receivers being out, like T. Higgins, I, I think he's got a case as well. So I think the last like month of the season is going to determine this because if Burrow can get hot, and get them into the playoffs and win that division. And if the the Bengals make a run here and string together another like three or four wins, and he throws for say fifteen or sixteen touchdowns in that span, and you know a couple of interceptions in there, I just think that he's got a shot. He's got a case because Jalen Hurts is probably going to be resting. I just think the Eagles are going to be resting him like the last two weeks of the season, especially if they have it wrapped up as the number one seed. Yeah, I mean, there's always that that possibility. I don't think Hertz is going to want to sit uh, and Syria. It just you just go back in history that it it rarely works out well for the team that like sits players. It's always like you know that rust versus rest uh, argument. And I'm sure Hertz, being the competitor that he is, he's going to want to stay in. And I'm sure Sirianni wants to see him if he is that close, you know, in an MVP race to to give him that. But yeah, absolutely. I mean, and it's not so much that Burrow gets hot. It's that he just stay. He if he just keeps playing the way he is, he certainly, you know, his name is going to be up there. Patrick keeps playing this way, and and he has to for that team for that team to to really succeed. He has to put up these kinds of numbers because they just throw the ball as well as they can run it when they when they have to, and not that they run it great, but enough to try to keep the other teams honest. And if the way the defenses are playing, they probably should even be running it more. But just the fact that he gets that many opportunities, you know, and that he does get the ball in the end zone, of course, you know, he's in the conversation. I wouldn't count out Josh Allen just because of the fact of where they're at, you know, number one seed. Uh, You know, again, if he cuts out some of the dumb plays, and again, you say the same thing about Patrick, he cuts out some of the dumb interceptions, then all of a sudden, you know, here we are. But yeah, all those guys, you know, should be under consideration. It just looks like right now, uh, because Hertz is the, I guess, been added to this conversation or added to this group now, that that's for some reason always, you know, sways some of those voters that are on the fence is the kind of like the new guy. And, you know, I voted for the new guy and he won it, you know, sort of thing. And I don't know, this is just my own speculation, but just from seeing it, you know, in the past, uh, other league, you know, the NBA, NFL, you know, it always seems like, Hey, if they're, if it's close, 
the guy that kind of entered the conversation a little bit more as a surprise seems to have a little bit more steam than the others because they were expected to be there, right? Yeah, you're probably right. I mean, you're probably right just because you always have the favorites coming into the season, and then all of a sudden a guy comes out of nowhere, and especially having like the best record in the NFL, you're probably yeah. right. I mean, those guys are, are giving special treatment in a way because you always expect yeah. like the, the superstar player to be in the conversation. But when a guy comes out of nowhere, you're almost like, hey, this is one of those years that I, could, that I can hand the MVP to him. So. All right, then oh, offensive player of the year and I, I really wasn't looking at it as the award but just the fact that justin jefferson again you know he's at like 1500 yards receiving which you know we're 13 games into the season and i mean so now you're getting into like megatron type numbers and we now again maybe during that season you know and again because it was detroit they really weren't winning a lot uh, but you know, he kept putting up these huge numbers. So even though, you know, you look at Jefferson, so he's averaging like 115 yards per game. Megatron averaged nearly 123. Okay. Now that obviously they played one game less that season. They played 16 this year. They're playing 17. Tyree kill is right there as well. Looked like he was going to smash the record. And then they've kind of come back down to earth a little bit. He's at fourteen sixty, and he may have even missed a game, or he was a little dinged up. But, but anyway, just you know, Justin Jefferson just wanted to mention the fact again. We've mentioned him throughout the season, but just this is this is elite stuff. Okay, he you know it was okay. Jamar Chase came up, yeah, they were in college together, whatever. But but I still you know Justin Jefferson right now because he is a little bit ahead of him in years and experience you got to go with him as the better receiver and i just wanted to i guess give him a little little bit of props here because they did lose last week but he still you know he had a monster game well he just justin jefferson just passed randy moss for most receiving yards yeah and uh, for the as a overall through the first three seasons okay I mean, he passed Randy Moss overall, and I think and it, this might be the biggest the biggest season as a Viking, it, it, or he's on he's definitely on pace for it. But I think he may have set the Vikings single season record. I believe so. But even though Moss has had some huge performances, right? I think like you know he he's had some you know big ones out there, but. I mean, I agree with you. The guy is almost like at 100 receptions. He's at, sitting at 99 right now with 1,500 yards, six touchdowns. So he's probably going to get to to double digits out there. So uh, if I agree with you, why not? It's a passing league, and and Kirk Cousins and him have a huge connection. So I'm I'm all for it. I, I just can't argue. I can't go with somebody else as the offensive like player of the year, uh, except for him. I just I don't see it. I don't have another name that I could go with, not even a quarterback. And so I would give it to Justin Jefferson. He certainly deserves it. It looks like he is, you know, quickly, quickly challenging Devontae Adams to be that that number one wide receiver in the league. And they're certainly kind of going back and forth. And Jeff Justin Jefferson, actually, I think before the season started, he said he was going to challenge Devontae Adams, right? That he was yep. looking to be the best wide called, receiver in this he league. He called his shot. <laughs> well, I mean, that's shot. He's, he's putting up you know hey he's he he put it out there and now he's living up to it and you know with uh whatever four games left he's got a very legitimate shot at uh beating the megatron record which is uh nine, 1964 yards so he needs 465 yards to break that again it's an extra game but you know we'll be saying that every time these records get broken uh patrick mahomes has a, a legitimate shot to to break the yardage record for uh passing i think um was it Peyton that had like 54, 70, I don't know, something like that. So and he's on pace to do it. So, I mean, all these these records are going to be broken now because of the extra game. Um, so you have to take that into account. But 
you've got some great receivers out there. I mean, you see every week, you know, you get these one-handed catches, uh, you know, guys just doing superhuman things. And, and the position is just getting better and better because more people want to play it. They practice it a little bit differently. Uh, uh, you know, years ago it was, hey, you got to use two hands, kid. Use two hands, kid. Now it's like, hey, if you can catch it with one, just go go make a play. So uh, that, that's that's fun to watch. All right. We got some picks, man. We got some picks. Three and one against last week. So uh, that never gets boring. I think it's my the third week in a row. It's been three and one. Uh, Ravens plus three cashed. San Francisco, obviously, that was a blowout. The Chargers plus three, they they won outright, and the Browns. I knew that was that was a bad pick, but uh, it was one that had to be made. Just the situation that we were in. But uh, hey, three and one, we'll take it. Alex Cash is big with Detroit as the lock of the week. What do you got for us this week? I'm gonna go with Dallas on the road minus four and a half. They're getting against the Jaguars. I know that the Jaguars have been a sexy pick for some this week. That A lot of people are picking the upset for the Jags to win. But I just think the Cowboys had a little bit of a, a down game against the Texans. They, they came back. They were able to win it. I, I think they bounced back big this week because Dallas Cowboys offense is good. I think Dak is going to put up huge numbers. Jaguars defense is bad. I think this is going to be a shootout, but I just I give the edge to the Cowboys defense. They're a lot better, and the Jaguars can't stop anybody. So I'm going with with Dak and the boys this week, in spite of Lou and and Stephen A. <laughs> All right, yes, and that you know again that to me you know home dog and so forth. But Dallas play didn't play a very good game last week. Jacksonville played probably their best game of the year. So you kind of want to, you know, you want to buy low and sell high. So uh, maybe Dallas is the play here. But, and again, as you mentioned, the the crowd, if you would, is coming in on Jacksonville. And I think that line actually has already moved down to minus four. So we'll give you the benefit of the doubt there. And it's Dallas minus four over Jacksonville. Okay, so I've spread my action over the entire weekend. We've got three Saturday games this week. A uh, bunch of Sunday games, obviously. And then the Monday night game. All right. So the, the nightcap. Buffalo, Miami. Yeah, it's easy to say, you know, Tua in the in the cold and so forth, in the snow. Is he going to be able to cut the ball through through the winds in, in uh, what used to be Rich Stadium? I don't know what it is now. But anyway, in Buffalo. But here's the other thing. And it's one that I always used to look for back in the day when, you know, I was a little bit more active in the in the gambling scene. But it doesn't happen very often, but Teams do end up in it with a quirks in their schedule playing three consecutive road games. And usually that third game of a three-game set is not good for that team that's in that situation. And Miami is in this situation. Third straight week on the road, plus the elements, plus, you know, Buffalo wants to stay ahead in the division, doesn't want to give Miami a chance. I'm going to take Buffalo minus seven here. It seems too easy, but I just I'm just not liking the way Miami's body language, how they're coming down the stretch. It's been a great story so far. I think they will continue to be a good team, but not Saturday night. Take Buffalo minus seven. Talked earlier about Detroit and their and their. I guess, problems, if you would, challenges outdoors, in weather, same situation here. They go to, to MetLife. They're playing the Jets. Jets have a much, much better defense. Mike White, is he going to be healthy enough to play? Took some hellacious shots last week. We talked about that earlier. I'm going to take the Jets here, and it looks like the line is flipped. The Jets were favored by one. Now it looks like Detroit is favored by one. So give me that point. I'm going to take the Jets at home. Let's go Jets. Next one, almost an automatic play here. And I think I would play it if the line was seven. Chicago is at home against Philadelphia. Philadelphia is now a nine-point favorite on the road. Okay, come on. This is the NFL. This is almost disrespectful. So if Justin Fields plays, they say he's day-to-day, some kind of illness. I don't know. If he plays, take the nine and run, Okay. Take Chicago plus nine with Justin Fields. Last game, finally, 
It was a, a Baker Hollywood ending the other night against Las Vegas. This week, Monday night in Lambeau, forget it. I, you know, say what you will about Aaron and how they've played. I'm going to take the Packers minus seven. The week to prepare actually might make things a little more confusing for for Baker and and the Rams. I just think I think the Raiders were probably more at fault in losing that game than winning it. It should have never been that close. But even in that last drive, I don't know what they were doing playing press man when all that could beat them was a touchdown. Anyway, let's go with the pack minus seven. Uh, so bookends, Buffalo minus seven, Green Bay minus seven. Then on Sunday, we're going with a couple of dogs, the Jets plus one and the Bears plus nine. Alex, feedback. What do you think? It's interesting that you took two teams that are favored by a touchdown. So that obviously you're expecting some blowouts there by Buffalo yes. against the Dolphins and yes. the Packers versus the Rams. That's interesting. Considering that we're coming down the stretch here, and yeah, it's especially with the Rams. I usually like, go. I usually go with. Yeah, you're right. I usually go with dogs. I mean, those are my favorite ones. Is to obviously get points, and uh, you know that Philadelphia line is. I think they're giving you some extra points there. <laughs> it should be like seven, seven and a half. But uh, and yeah, every yeah. I mean, it, the Rams. I just don't. I just don't. I just don't trust that they too many injuries. I don't know what they're. You know, I don't think they're going to be able to to do what they did against the Raiders. So, yeah, I, I really like the Packers there. And every nice thing that we said about the Lions on this show just goes out the window because, I mean, you're picking the Jets and probably the, the fairy tale ending that we're all looking for that they're going to make the playoffs probably ends this week, right? My heart is with the Lions, okay? But my head, my betting intuition and just everything the years of watching the nfl this is the perfect spot for them because again they they go outdoors and it's just a completely different team and and again now you're outdoors in the elements against a very very good defense these teams that typically when they win the other team's defense is yeah, decent but not great i mean minnesota's defense is not very good at all um so i don't see them being able to score a ton of points and i don't think they're going to win a close game against the jets i just i just think that playing back at home they get kind of their feet legs and feet back under them they're going to put together a good performance well on sunday uh the the world cup is going to come to an end it's probably not probably it's a dream matchup between argentina and france and uh you know, the two best players in the game meet against each other and we'll find out who's going to come out victorious in, you know, in the in the World Cup in December. Yeah, I mean, it, I'm sure, you know, a lot of people picked this final before, I mean, before the tournament started. Now, it's been very exciting. You had, to, like, you know, Morocco. I mean, was that like, was that the first African nation to make the final four? Yeah, ever. I think they I think they were, right? And you had Croatia kind of, you know, they that's one of those teams that you know, they if you if you look at it, you know, they they play they play good defense and they run the ball, right? I mean, that's one of those, I mean, if you were liking it to an NFL team, but sometimes that is a, the best strategy and that can get you through. But, you know, against a team that can score and score very quickly you know they don't always have that ability to come back so uh yeah the the, the favorites powered through um Mbappe made plays you know in his semifinal Messi obviously made plays in his semifinal and yeah let's see the is it the the old guy or the new face of the sport you know does Messi go out you know kind of like that crown jewel of his of his career and then, you know, kind of be mentioned up there with Pelé as the best, best player ever because he needs, I think he needs that world cup to be in that conversation. Yeah, absolutely. And I think he needs to re replace the other uh, legend from Argentina, Maradona, who was, uh, who won the world cup in the 1980s. And, you know, he was considered to be the, the second best player to Pelé. So, 
I, I just think that that's, you know, Messi has already made it known that this is his last World Cup. He's 35 years old. Obviously, he wants to go out, out on top. And that game against the Netherlands in the quarterfinals certainly had the highs and the lows. You know, it looked like Argentina was going to win. You know, they were winning two to nothing. All of a sudden, the Netherlands score those two goals and they're playing overtime. Then they escape in the penalty kicks. The reason why I mentioned that game is because usually a game like that propels a team to a championship. So uh, I'm pulling for France in this one, but I do think Messi and Argentina are going to come out on top. Well, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, that's... I don't know. I mean, I watch France play, and they've got they've got speed. That keeper has has played so well. I mean, I I I'd like to see Messi get it done. I mean, obviously, you, you start to get sentimental. You know, Peyton at the end of his career, he had the one Super Bowl. I guess you can go back like Elway. Again, it was two at the end of his career, but you know, kind of on, on his way out. Um, who was it? Uh, linebacker Ray Lewis for for uh for the Ravens in his last game you know when they win the Super Bowl so I mean this this would be kind of fitting now the irony is that uh Messi has played the latter part of his club career in France so maybe he's got some fans on that side but I don't think they'll be cheering for him on Sunday so uh, with, uh yeah with I, the young I star like, I, with Mbappe I mean right, obviously right. they all play on the same, same team, team. Right. So they, they the, know I, I wanted really. to ask this question. I didn't I didn't Google it. Who did, do you know who uh, their keeper plays for in club? I think he plays in England. I think he, he plays in England. Uh, he doesn't play with like the, the top clubs, but I think he's in England. I mean, obviously, the way he defended he's played penalty. Great. Kicks. I mean, even like during the year, because uh, the, the Italian keeper, I think, plays for PSG, which is the team that like Neymar and Messi and uh, Mbappe all play for. Uh, Giroud, does Giroud, does he play for PSG? No, he plays for, um, he plays for the English side right now. I think he plays for Chelsea, I believe. At this point, no, he doesn't. He had he PSG. had he had some near misses that last game, so I, I kind of felt bad for him. He nailed the post one time. He was a little wide on another shot. I mean, he could have, you know, he really could have made his move for the uh, Golden Boot Trophy, if you would. Mbappe sitting there with five goals. I think, kind of, I think he got an assist late in the game, even though it was like a shot got deflected. It looked like a perfect pass, and the guy scores. So, anyway, I don't know. Uh, I just. I just think that the France doesn't have enough on the back end, and usually no? in in All games right. in games like this, you know, you're not going to see like a three to two type of game. You're going to see like one to nothing type of game. And I just think Argentina has a lot more up front. I was really surprised at the way Morocco was able to attack France in the second half. They had no they way. had chances. They had they a did. lot of chances. They did. That and Morocco. Really Morocco, good athletes. They do have good athletes, but they don't have like world class players. I mean, they don't no. have the guys up front no. like that you know about. Some of these guys play in Germany and France, no question about it. But this, they're not big stars. I think this is what the I think the U.S. team is building towards. They might Morocco might be like a step ahead, like a couple steps ahead of like where U.S. is. They don't have that, you know that killer at the top you know that that the goals the striker the finisher whatever but they, they've got a bunch of guys that can are fast or they can jump they got all all the athleticism but just not quite you know that the finishing ability but they they're they're a fun team to watch though how's the, the dude with the bicycle kick the one that was i thought that was good and laurie's kind of got to that one or was or maybe he just hit his fingertips and hit it off the post but uh yeah it was exciting to watch you might be on to something Lou, because the next world cup is is going to be in north america it's going to be in the the u.s canada and mexico is going to have you know have a few games as well so the u.s for them it's going to be a, a home tournament and it, it's setting up for them because they've got a young team they're built from the back they chase you. They've got a lot of speed. You might be on to something for the next World Cup in, in 2026. 
Yeah, I mean, we'll see. I mean, you know, Brazil uh, always a challenger, but it seems like they're the Chargers, right? <laughs> always, something you know goes wrong. They've got all the talent in the world, obviously, and they're always you know among the favorites. But just lately, it just seems there's just a little something missing, and they can't quite get over the top. So of course they're going to be they're going to be up there because they're always going to be the more talented team. We'll see. You know, if these younger dudes from the United States can you know grow that much more from this tournament, and then I mean it's four years away, so anything I mean injuries, whatever, younger guys that, that that develop and become better than some of the bottom of the uh the roster on this team but yeah i'd be interested to see you i mean this moroccan team i think they're they're they're, they're mostly young i didn't look it up and see how old these guys are but they all look kind of young and hungry and they're, they're ready to go well stay tuned for the final on sunday it's going to be a good one absolutely all right gang that is going to do it for us this week thanks for hanging with us uh hey let's follow these picks i mean we're, you know I, you gotta you gotta ride the wave when when you can get it i certainly am uh, it doesn't happen every year but uh things are going well and of course you've got alex locks obviously or you know kind of doing doing real well too so dallas minus four this week don't forget to subscribe look for us next week until then Ooh.